Welcome to the teaching ministry of Rev. Daryl Baker, pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship. Pastor Baker is fulfilling the call of God on his life to preach the Word of God without compromise. Raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that Pastor Baker has to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. Proverbs 19. So we started on this Wednesday night preparing for the new year. Uh, One of the things that anybody in this church that's gone through SMTI knows, one of the key statements of Dr. Barclay in SMTI is known as the five P's. Want to say it? Proper planning prevents poor performance. Think about that. Well, if we don't plan or prepare then we certainly were not going to experience all that God has for us if we don't take the time to prepare ourselves to hear from God and what God wants for our life. I'm going to go right to our key verses here in Proverbs 19 to remind you the significance of this in verses 20 and 21. Verse 20, listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. Now that don't mean just listen to anybody's counsel. But what we're talking about here in this setting is listening to counsel from who? God the Father. Getting God's plan for our life. If we do, we're going to be wise in our latter days. 21, he goes on to say, There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, will that will stand. Again, <clears throat> there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. What do I want? Well, the term that's used here in the New King James for counsel is also the same word defined as plan. Plan. If you got God's counsel, what do you got? His plan. You know what his plan is. What if I just have my plan? We've already seen Wednesday other verses where the Bible reveals to us God brings the plans of man to naught, meaning that he can't bless my plan. He can't work with my plan. Why? If I'm working my plan, guess whose plan I'm not working? God's. God wants us to know. He wants us to understand in relationship to our life what he's planned, what he wants us to do. What does he want us to do in this new year? Are there things he wants us to change, adjust, or even go after maybe that we're not? God wants us to clearly understand this because as he says in the end of verse 21, if we have God's counsel or plan, guess what? The word stand there means it will prevail. So it will not fail you. When you understand God's plan, understand how to walk it out, guess what? You prevail. It doesn't mean it's always easy. doesn't mean it always works just the way you thought it would. But, but the point is, once you know for sure what God wants for you to do, guess what? You continue to walk out what you know God wants you to do, and guess what you're going to do? Prevail. Go back with me to Acts 13. Acts 13. So we also looked at other verses of Scripture On Wednesday, showing again and again and again that if you've got God's counsel, God's plan, what He wants for you in your life in 2024, what He desires for you to adjust, change, or correct, or work on, then you prevail. Understand in hearing God's plan, it's not just about, I want you to do this or I want you to do that. In hearing God's plan, it could be as much as, stop doing this. Stop doing that. If he, in relating to understanding God's plan, it's not just about what you are to do. It can even refer to things that you should not be doing. Things that you need to get out of your life. Things that you need to stop wasting time with. Because that could be hindering God's plan from coming to pass in your life. 
So hearing God's plan has as much to do about hearing what we maybe should no longer be doing as much as what we should be doing. And that's significant. And again, like Kathy said, through fellowship with God, he's going to talk to you and reveal these things to you. So what's the key for us to walk out what we need to do to prepare for the new year? I already told you on Wednesday night, number one, I need God's plan. I need God's plan. What if I don't have it? If you don't have God's plan, you're not going to fully prevail in the way that you could. Now, I'll mention it again as I talked about Wednesday night. Having the knowledge of understanding of God's plan for your life and carrying that out or not knowing that plan and not carrying it out can be the difference clearly between success and failure. It can also literally be the difference between life and death. That's a fact, like it or not. But it's a proven fact to the Bible. A lot of people really in essence today seem to belittle this thought that it's not that big a deal what I do, where I live, what I do with my time, etc. Are you kidding? The Bible says whatever you sow, you reap. And so if you want to reap corruption, you just keep sowing to the flesh and what the flesh wants. I, I heard a very, I, the direct quote, so it's not, I don't give you hearsay. I heard a direct quote from a very famous preacher's wife. Who was it? I don't need to tell you. It's not, the, it's not the person's not the one I'm talking about. It's what they said that I'm talking about. I'm not faulting them. I'm faulting what they said. And the statement was, God wants you to do whatever makes you happy. Imagine the body of Christ doing whatever they want to do that makes them happy. Now, I'm going to tell you what, folks, this is the kind of stuff that's being taught from pulpits to millions and millions and millions of people in America today that claim they're Christ followers. But I guarantee you what, you're not going to live out God's plan just doing whatever makes you happy in the natural because the truth is you'll find out that a lot of people, what really makes them happy is not what is clear in line with what God's plan is for their life. So that would be like saying, you know, hey, you remember the old statement, if it feels good, just do it, praise God. Well, let me help you. Not everything that feels good is good for you. I get a better amen. If I just do whatever's going to make me happy, where do you think I'm going to wind up? It certainly ain't going to be good. Paul didn't do just whatever made him happy in the sense of the natural because clearly he was persecuted for preaching the gospel. He was imprisoned. He was beaten with rods. But you know what? He was right in the plan of God. Wow, going through all that, just a natural attack. When you walk in supernatural strength, guess what Paul said? Light afflictions. A lot of people don't understand that you can live in a whole different realm spiritually in a way that's far beyond what the natural man would ever know. But to do that, you got to do what? Walk in the plan of God. That you could literally go through such things and count them as light afflictions? Yeah. If you're walking in the supernatural plan of God, you're walking in a supernatural power others don't have. When you walk in God's plan, you're walking in great power. I said, when you're walking in God's plan, you're walking in great power. Because you will not be defeated, you will prevail. So we talked about also in the book of Acts how they arrested the apostles and the disciples initially, if you remember that, in the very beginning of the book of Acts on Wednesday night. And they arrested them for preaching in the name of Jesus. And in the midst of that, they brought them before the council. Actually, they had been uh, imprisoned, but what happened, remember? An angel came and let them out. They didn't even know. They didn't even know. They sent somebody to go get them. Lo and behold, they're not there. They're over in the temple preaching the gospel. So they gather them up, bring them back in front of the religious leaders of the day, the proconsul. And there was one guy in there in the midst of all those Jews that was smart enough to know, if this is of God, you better leave these boys alone. I'll tell you right now, just leave them alone. If this ain't of God, guess what? It'll come to nothing. But if this is of God, you ain't fighting against them, ladies and gentlemen. You're fighting against God. 
Now I want to give you a statement that the Bible reveals in relationship to the significance again of walking out your plan or God's. Whatever is birth of the flesh is flesh. Whatever is birth of the spirit is spirit. If you and I walk out what is nothing more than of the flesh that's birthed out of our natural fleshly man, well, guess what? That'll never lead us into the things that God wants because what he leads us into comes out of our spirit. So one, say it, I got to get God's plan. So here's the question, how do we do that? Because a lot of times when we talk about hearing from God, the truth is, it is rare. I'm going to say this again. It is rare, according to the Bible, from examples we see, according to uh, people that we know and have learned from, and I've even experienced in my life, the Hagans and the Wigglesworth, etc., that you hear the voice of God speak to you. That's rare. That is not how God reveals stuff. So a lot of people get frustrated about this. And sadly, when we don't explain how do we get God's plan, how does this work, when we don't explain it, we leave a lot of people thinking, wow, pastor must be somebody pretty special. God speaks to him all the time. I mean, just talks to him, talks to him, talks to him. Truth is, we talk about spending time with God. He's not talking to you in the way you think. The Bible does not say that he speaks to us in relationship to what we think of, of a voice or an audible voice talking to us. That is not the primary way that we get things from God. So we got to understand, we know we need God's plan, right? So today, what are we going to talk about? So how do we get it? How do we get that plan? We know we need it. So how do we get it? Acts chapter 13. That's if you want to prevail. If you want to prevail, you need God's plan. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there was certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who's called Niger, Lucius of Serene, Manan, notice this, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. All of these did what? Verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Underline that. What were they doing? Ministering to the Lord ministering to the Lord and what? Fasting. What are we about to come up on? A three-day time of fasting and prayer. If all you do, as I said Wednesday night, is fast, if you just skip meals and that's all you do is fast, you just wasted your time. You'd have been better off to eat the meals. But the whole point is the purpose of fasting is dealing with your flesh. Who is it that tells you you're hungry all the time? It ain't your spirit, man. God's not talking to your spirit saying, hey, we're hungry down here. You go get us something to eat. Who is it telling you're hungry all the time? Your gut, your flesh, your body. I want food. I want food. I'm hungry. I want food. Well, guess what? You're supposed to put that flesh under if you want to hear from God. Because guess what God is not going to do? He's not going to speak to your flesh. He's not going to talk to your brain. He's not going to talk to you through your body. He's going to reveal stuff to your spirit, man. And this is why you have to minister to the Lord in the midst of fasting. Notice what they did. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, underline it, the Holy Spirit said. Now, I'm going to come back to that statement in a minute. So, as they're ministering to the Lord and fasting, they get a directive from the Holy Spirit. I want to say it that way. They get a directive from the Holy Spirit in which he reveals to them, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. Critical to understand, they are sending out two who are obviously in relationship to what they've been doing, had been faithful in preaching the gospel, but are now being acknowledged by God with an apostolic calling on their life to go do what God called them to do. How did they find out about this? Through the leadership that heard from God. Now this isn't for you in your own personal life. This would be for fivefold ministry calling. 
But what about your own personal life? You can hear from God the same as they did about your personal life. You don't have to hear from your pastor. Well, pastor, what did God say to you about my life for 2024? He didn't. He's going to talk to you. He's going to talk to me about me. He's going to talk to you about you. He might, as it relates to a church, in relationship to the church body as a pastor, I'm just talking about your personal decisions of what you're going to walk out. You need to hear from God. So how do we hear from God? So let's start with the first part of verse 2. They minister to the Lord. That phrase in the Greek language is a statement made by Greek scholars that means they did what? They did the work needed in prayer. Or in relationship to what it's really called, it's called the work of prayer. The work of prayer. Ministering to the Lord is a work of prayer. It's a work. You know why it's a work? Your body doesn't want to do it. Your body doesn't want to sit for an hour and pray. Your body doesn't want to sit for an hour talking to God. Your body doesn't even like doing that for a moment. Your body wants to do its own thing. Go rest, go sleep, go lay down, go watch TV, go listen to something else, scroll Facebook, look at social media. Your body doesn't like talking to God. There's nothing good in the flesh that dwells. So the reason it's a work of prayer is because you got to deal with your flesh and put forth the effort to be able to draw near to God so he can draw near to you. And you do this by putting your flesh aside and pressing into the real you, the spirit man on the inside. So in doing the work of prayer, there's three elements to this work of prayer. One, earnest prayer, meaning what's coming from the heart. The reason I'm seeking God in this time of fasting is because I want to honor him. As Kathy talked about Wednesday night, my motive isn't to get more money and have more stuff. That's not earnest heartfelt prayer. Earnest heartfelt prayer is a heart turned to God saying, God, I just want to know what you want from me in 2024. What do you want me to do? What do you not want me to do? Because you're my father. I love you. You love me. I want to honor you. So this has got to come from the heart. This time of prayer cannot be coming from the head. If all you're going to do is pray from your head for three days, you're not going to get anything from God. You got to learn to pray from your heart. You got to learn to quiet your mind. And you got to learn to be able to seek God from your heart and pray from your heart. Well, how do we do that? I'm going to tell you more about that in a minute. The second element of this phrase, minister to the Lord, the work of prayer, involves also worship. So there's three things here. Earnest prayer, prayer from the heart that involves what? Worship. Worship meaning I'm submitting to God. Worship means to bow down to, you know, in relationship, to be able to receive from God and to honor Him and aspects of exalting Him. So what are you doing? You're putting Him above you. You're putting Him above your thoughts. I'm not, here's a key about this working in prayer. Don't go into prayer with God with an agenda. Don't do it. You're not worshiping God. If you go to God saying, okay, God, this is what I want to do. What do you think? You're not wanting to hear from him his plan. You're bringing yours. And if that's not his, guess what? He can't bless it. Now, if you have something you thought was of God, it's, you can take it to God and say, God, is this you or not? But the goal is not to take what I want to do before God and say, okay, God, I want you to bless this and show me how to do it better. If it's not his plan for your life, he can't do that. You don't go to uh, quote-unquote times of prayer like this to hear from God by coming with your agenda. You come submitted. You come with worship. You come with an attitude of bowing down. Worship, one of the terms of the worship means to bow the knee to a superior. So what you're doing is you're saying, God, I just want to hear from you. Whatever you tell me, man, I want to do it, praise God, to honor you. And then the third element of this work of prayer is thanksgiving. 
You should be in that time truly grateful for God fellowshipping with you, grateful for God revealing to you what he wants to reveal, etc. So if you want to have an ability to hear from God, what do you got to do? You got to do the work of prayer. Say it, the work of prayer. Three elements. Got to come from your heart. Got to be willing to submit to God, get rid of your plan, come to God, hear from him. And then number three, you also need to do what? Be thanking him in the midst of that time that you know he's going to reveal to you what you need to hear. So this is the work of prayer that we should be doing while we're fasting. How can we do that, Pastor? How do we do these three things? Because, I mean, I can go through my prayer list of stuff. I got to pray in about five minutes and I'm done. Well, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how you can spend hours doing this. Because the more you do it, the more you can obviously tap into God. Amen? Amen. So this clearly reveals to us how to hear from God. Fasting and prayer is one of the best ways to do so. Go to, oh, I, oh, I almost left it. So notice they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And what did it say again? The Holy Spirit, what? What did he do? The word said here, see, you're just thinking he's just talking out loud to them and they're just hearing him clear as a bell. Let me help, let me help you. The word says to mean, you ready? To affirm through unspoken thought. That word says to mean to, means to affirm something through an unspoken thought. An unspoken thought. Where did that come from? Out of their spirit man. Came up out of their spirit man. They weren't there hearing an audible voice per se and God talking to them. Because if that was true as they're all fasting and praying, they wouldn't have even had to obviously then talk to anybody else about what to do. They would all heard it. But see, this is coming up out of the spirit man of those who are fasting and doing the work of prayer. What comes by unspoken thought, you listening? By unspoken thought, God reveals what he wanted him to do relating to Barnabas and Saul. So the word said there literally means to affirm or confirm, if you want to say it that way, in your heart what you need to know by unspoken thought. Now go to Romans chapter 8. Because the problem again that we often give in the mindset of, of young believers or new believers is when we say, well, I know the Lord told me this or the Lord told me that, and if it's biblical and correct and the Lord did tell you, you know what you're thinking? You're thinking that he spoke to us audibly, but in fact, he didn't. So I want to clarify what we mean about God hearing from God, that God showed us this or revealed this to us. How does he do that? He does so through confirming stuff in your spirit through an unspoken thought. It's something that will come into your spirit, man, as you fellowship with him. And again, I know most of you know these verses, but they're great to be reminded of. So we stay on track with how to hear from God. Amen? Amen. So we know we need to hear him, right? What are we talking about today? How? How do we do that? Fasting and prayer is one of the ways. In in Romans chapter 8, if you'll go go along with me here, just a couple verses. Romans 8, 15 and 16. If you're there, say amen. amen. Watch this. You did not receive... The spirit of bondage again to fear. When you got born again, guess what? You got rid of that old spirit man. See, this is significant to understanding the context of what he's about to say. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. What did you have before getting born again? A spirit that was in bondage to fear. Well, I wasn't afraid. Let me help you. There was fear in your heart because of the things of the unknown. The fear can come up just because you don't know. You don't know the future, don't know what's going to happen, etc. The Bible doesn't lie. Before you were born again, what did you have? A spirit of fear. But guess what you got rid of? You got rid of a spirit of fear. Watch this. You did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear. You received the spirit of adoption. 
You receive the spirit of adoption. Listen, by underline it, whom we cry out. Who we? Who we? The spirit man. The spirit man crying out. That now our new spirit man cries out what? Daddy, father. How do you talk to daddy, father? To your spirit man. That verse is all about your spirit man. It's not referring to your brain. It's not referring to your body. It's not referring to your soul. It's talking about your spirit. You didn't get a spirit of bondage to fear. No. You got born again, adopted into this family with a new spirit of which your spirit now cries out for what? Fellowship with the Father. How are you going to hear from the Father? By fellowshipping with him through your spirit man. Not your brain. This is what fasting is all about because fasting, initially when you start fasting, how many know your brain's going to go wild, right? Because your body's going to tell you, hey, man, come on. You really need to get me something to eat here. I need something, to, you know, on and on and on we can go. And, and I promise you, just even trying to quiet yourself in a time of prayer with nobody else bothering you, your mind's going to start thinking about a million different things. Well, I could be doing this. I, here's one of the first things that comes to your mind. And guess what? This thought ain't from you. You ready? I'm just wasting my time. Now, who's going to tell you you're wasting your time if you're going to fellowship with God? The devil is. Why? He don't want you to hear from God. He don't want you to know God's plan. Say, God. Say it. God is not going to speak to my brain. It's not what he does. God does not speak to your brain. This whole verse is clear. This is not referring to us uh, from our natural brain, us from our uh, soul, mind, and will, and emotions. Oh, daddy, oh, father. No, this is our new spirit crying out. This is the new you. This is the real you. Could I get a better amen? And the next verse confirms it. The spirit himself, Holy Spirit, bears witness with what? I know you know it, but look at it. He bears witness with our spirit. He does it. Bear witness with your brain. He doesn't bear witness with your natural ear. He bears witness with your spirit man. Again, verse 15. How do I I fellowship with the Father? From my spirit. As I fellowship with the Father from my spirit. Verse 16. What's he going to do? Bear witness with my spirit through what? The Holy Spirit. How am I going to know God's plan? How am I going to get this unspoken thought? Of what God wants me to do. Because clearly for you to walk it out. It's got to come from your spirit into your mind. To think and know what God wants you to do. But it was an unspoken thought. It wasn't spoken to you naturally. Where'd you pick it up at? In my spirit man. My spirit man just picked it up. And all of a sudden it just came alive to me. It just became real to me. Became made known to me. That's what happened with Paul and Barnabas. That's what happened while they were fasting and praying. So when it says the Holy Spirit said, it wasn't like everybody in the room heard the Holy Spirit say, separate Paul and Barnabas to me. No, because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he bears witness with our... Where did they hear this? Where did they pick up on this? Through their spirit man. In a sense, what we would say almost an unconscious knowing inside that comes up within. And then is made known to your mind, to your thought life. So you got to understand it doesn't come to your brain first. It comes up out of your spirit, man. This is how God reveals stuff to us. This is how he reveals plans to us. This is how he reveals direction to us. This is how we're supposed to be led by God every single day. Well, I'm talking, turn to Proverbs chapter 20 for just a moment. Turn to Proverbs 20. How does God want to lead us every day? By his spirit. You're going to see in a minute that if you really took time to tune into God daily... 
And it doesn't mean every day you got to spend hours in prayer, but just basic decisions you're making in life. If you would take time to think about before you go to work today, uh, Lord, which way should I go to work today? Should I go a different? What seems best to you in your spirit? What seems but You know, it just seems good to me today to not go my normal route and go the back route. And you go the back route and you get there and you say, well, nothing happened. Probably because you obey God or something could have happened. You listening? God knows a wreck that's going to happen before it ever happens. He's all knowing. See, I, I had this conversation with someone the other day, and, the, and it, they just getting confused and all this kind of stuff that's going on in the earth and everything and stuff. And do you really think this is going to happen because because God failed at this? And God, I said, God didn't fail at anything. Well, well, look what happened with all the sin. He knew it was going to happen before it ever happened. He's all knowing. The Bible says He had a plan for you before the world began. You weren't here. The world wasn't here. And yet he already had a plan. See, that goes so beyond our mind because guess what? God's not a mind. He's far beyond what we understand from our minds. Can I get a better amen? And so I told him, I said, here's the deal. God is doing all this on purpose to just eliminate evil for eternity. Period. So he'll have a a, a person to be able to fellowship with that's like him and no evil will be able to ever affect that relationship ever again. But this is what had to happen. This is what had to happen. God, they're, they're, they were telling me, well, I hear people now talking that the rapture is just all because God failed in his original plan. God didn't fail in his plan, and the rapture is not for that reason. God removes the righteous before judgment comes. He's done it all through the Bible, all through Scripture. This is not a failed plan, folks. God had a plan, and it's a perfect plan. You may not think it is, but it is. When we get to eternity, we're going to say, wow, how stupefied I really was to think that this wasn't a perfect plan in the eyes of God. Didn't seem perfect to me, but it sure does now. Could I get a better amen? So you got to understand this, folks. God doesn't reveal. When we say God said or, or God told me, we're not talking about him speaking audibly. We're not talking about him talking to your brain. That come up out of the spirit. That came up out of the spirit. Real quick, real quick, because i got to throw this in here. So we can't just say, just do whatever comes up, what you think comes up out of your spirit. we got to evaluate, was that really God or not? Because the problem for a lot of Christians today is they're not mature enough to separate between what was my soul, mind, will, and emotions, and what was my spirit, what came from God. So what's the first determining factor and primary factor that tells us if this came out of our spirit or not? What's the first factor? The Word of God. The Word of God separates soul from spirit. If I think God has revealed something to me that in any way goes contrary to God's Word, well, I know God wants me to take this job. I won't ever be able to go to church again, but I sure will be blessed and have all kinds of money. Let me help you. I can already tell you you didn't hear from God. Because the Bible's clear. He don't want you to forsake assembly. And anything God would give you will not go contrary to the Word. The Word separates soul from spirit. Shows the true intent of our inner man relating to the individual, who you are, your thoughts, and God's thoughts. Can I get a better amen? So I would never want to do anything contrary to what the Bible says because thinking God told me because guess what? That could lead you astray. Now, does not mean I might at times do something? I'm not sure. It's not real biblically clear if this is right or wrong. It's a little decision I'm making about a job or a situation or whatever. That's not violating the word. What happens if I miss it? Well, guess what? You, you actually didn't. You, you didn't hear clearly from God. That's true. But you know what you just learned? That wasn't God. So you did learn. 
You did learn. You wrote, that's not God. I got to press in more. I got to make sure. There ain't a person on the planet that's followed God 100% correct. Not a one of them. Hagen missed it. Brother Sumrall missed it. Every one of them at times missed it. You listening? Believing that what they were doing was God. This is where grace comes in. Thank God for grace. Thank God for grace. Can I get a better amen? amen? That even when we miss it, it doesn't change God's grace. But if we miss it, we got to acknowledge it, correct it, and not let our pride keep us going the wrong direction and say, I need to correct this. I need to fix it. Any good amens on that? I'll guarantee you, it's a whole lot better to be Peter getting out of the boat wanting to chase Jesus than everybody else sitting back in the boat wanting to do nothing but just sit in the storm. So realize, according to Romans 8, very clearly, these are so powerful verses. Please don't forget them. Look at the context. 15 is talking about your new spirit, man. 16 is telling you that it's through this new spirit, man, the Holy Spirit is going to, what is he going to do again? What's he going to do? Bear witness with your spirit. Now, you're in Proverbs 20. I apologize. I was still sitting there in Romans 8. So what's he going to do? Bear witness. Say bear witness. So the bearing witness there doesn't mean an audible voice. It means this inner knowing. The term witness there is just this inner knowing that comes up out of your spirit. Well, how will I know? Well, let me help you. If you, if you truly take the time to deal with your body by fasting in these three days, and you really take time to quiet your mind and do what you got to do to get along with God, to fellowship with Him like Kathy said and spend time with Him, guess what? If you do that long enough, you'll all of a sudden realize things will come up out of your spirit, man. Amen. You weren't thinking about it. You listening? You weren't sitting there in your mind, wonder if this God, wonder if this God, wonder if this God. No, you've just cleared your slate. And you're just there to fellowship with God and enjoy God's presence. And in the midst of that, guess what? Something comes up you weren't thinking about. Now, the minute something comes up in my spirit I wasn't thinking about to make sure it's of my spirit, what should I do? Very next thing, God, is that you? Is that you? Is this you? Is this you revealing this to me? And then what you want to do to hear from heaven and whether that's true or not, I'm giving you some powerful advice here. Once something comes up, just don't immediately think it came from my spirit, man. When something comes up that you have not been thinking about, what do you do? You say, God, is this truly you? Now what do you do? You start thinking about what came up. If it did come from your spirit or not, here's what you do. You start thinking about that, and as you do, you go back to your spirit, man. And you know what you're looking for now? Do I have a peace? Or do I have an agitation about that? If I think about that and I start getting agitated, what do I know? That ain't God. Kicking it to the curb. Pressing back in. But if I have a sense of peace and the more I think about it, talking about in your spirit, man, not your soul, the more I sense this peace rising up within me, guess what you know? This is God. I'll walk you through that one more time. As I'm taking time to seek God, quieting my mind, to enjoy fellowship with God and just be in God's presence, and I'm quieting my mind, and I'm going to show you how to do this. As I'm praying and I'm quieting my mind, something comes up in my spirit I wasn't thinking about. What's the first thing I should do? Some of you are going to take me another hour into this message if you don't catch up real quick. What should I do with that? God, is this from you? How many want God's plan? This is how you find out. God, is that from you? Is this what you want me to do? And as you start thinking about that, what do you do? You look back into your spirit, man. You just look back into your spirit, man. What am I looking for now? Do I have a peace rising the more I think about it? Now that something came to me. See, I'm not taking something to God. 
something came to me. Is this God? Is this what God wants? God, is this what you want? I'm going to meditate on that. I'm going to think about that for a little while. And as you meditate on it, you look back inward. And you say, do I have a peace about that or do I have an agitation? If it's an agitation, guess what you do? Kick it to the curb, press back in and go back to praying. Come on, somebody. If I have a peace about it, meditate on it some more. Think about if that peace keeps rising, then you're going to go to the next step with what obviously you have, which is now do what? How do I walk this out, Lord? How do I do this? So now I know what I I truly believe without a doubt. doesn't go contrary to your word. I got a piece about it. So what do I need to do? I'm I'm ahead of myself. We're going to talk about this Wednesday night. I'll I'll throw it out there ahead of time. Okay. So I got to hear from God. Say I got to hear from God. What are we talking about today? How do you do that? But once you know you've heard from God, what's the next thing? You ready? You ready? You ready? You got to make a plan. You got to make a plan. Because when you get something from God, guess what it means? You're not doing it already. Well, guess what that's going to take? Change. That's going to take change. If you're not doing it, you're obviously going to have to do what? Change something. And that takes a plan. You got to get a plan. So if you know God's speaking to you, you know your, your desire, or excuse me, you know what your needs is this year more than ever, little child of mine, you need to spend more time with me. I know it, Lord, I know it. Well, then do it. Well, guess what? It won't happen unless you do what? Make a plan. If you don't set aside some time in your day to get rid of something else you're doing, Guess what you're not going to do? You're not going to walk that out. All you're going to do is know I should do that, but you're not going to do what it takes to make it happen. If you don't do what it takes to make it happen, guess what you're not going to walk in? God's plan. You're going to miss out. But you don't have to. I said you don't have to. Proverbs 20, 27, you there? Are you learning anything today? Listen carefully. Another verse just reveals the same thing. The spirit of a man, not the soul, not the body. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. You should have that highlighted, underlined in your Bible. Searching all the inner depths of his heart, man's heart. Who's searching all the inner depths of our heart? The Lord is. To do what? To get out of us what's not supposed to be there. That's our plan. And get into us what is his plan. How's he going to do that? Through your spirit, man. What is your spirit? It is the lamp. Tell me, it is the Listen to that phrase. Some of you know that verse and you just let it go into your head, not your heart. Listen to that phrase. Say, my spirit, spirit. listen to this phrase, is the lamp lamp of the Lord. Lord. What is your spirit? It's the lamp of the Lord. What's lamp? It illuminates. It illuminates. How does God illuminate things to you? By your spirit, man. Not your brain, not your soul, not your body. Not because you drove down the road and saw something going on on the highway. Come on, somebody. I'm not saying he couldn't use that to speak to your spirit, but that's not the way he primarily leads you. How's he going to illuminate? How's he going to reveal? How many want to know God's plan? How do we get it? To your spirit, man. How's he going to illuminate you with what he wants? To your spirit, man. If you don't take time to learn how to hear God and your spirit, man, guess what you're going to miss out on? A lot of illumination. You listening? If I don't take time to learn how and develop the ability to hear from God, I'm going to miss out on a lot of illumination. A lot of what God wanted to illuminate to my life, reveal to my life, unveil to my life. Praise God. And it's sad to think I mean Christians are living so far below what God has available, what he wants them to walk in, what he wants them to be doing with their life. You know why? Because they won't take the time to learn how to hear from God. 
How's he going to help? How's he going to reveal stuff to you, illuminate stuff to you? Through your spirit, man. So how do we do this work of prayer, Pastor? Come on, man. Again, five minutes, I can be done. I could pray for every missionary I know. I could pray for my pastor, my church family, my family. Maybe I could stretch it to 10 or 15 minutes, but I'm bored by then. Go to 1 Corinthians 14. I don't see how I can do this work of prayer. What's in the work of prayer? See, if we want to hear from God, we got to have the work of prayer with fasting. What's the work of prayer? Earnest, meaning what? From the heart, from the spirit, not your head. If you're praying out of your head, you're not doing the work of prayer. If you're praying out of your head, you're not doing the work of prayer. How many want to hear from God? You got to do what? Fast and minister to the Lord. Do the work of prayer, which is what? One, it's got to come from my heart. Two, it's got to involve what? Tell me. It's got to involve worship, a willingness to submit, bow down to. Three, it's got to also involve what? Thanksgiving. So how can I do these three things to press in to hear from God? You're in the right place today to find out. And you're going to find out exactly how Paul did it and exactly how all these New Testament saints did it. And it's the thing why Satan pushes so hard against it because Satan does not want you tapping into what God has. 1 Corinthians 14.2 He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Say it. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. That was two of you. Say it. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. I don't tell you to say stuff because I just want you to say it. I'm obeying the Holy Spirit. You need to get a hold of that. So speaking in a tongue here is what we know as the gift of tongues. What we yield into and learn about how to use once we're, um, once we're submitted to and yielded to the Holy Spirit or immersed in the Holy Spirit. The evidence of which is speaking in a heavenly language. That's the reference to tongues here. If you're speaking in this tongue, who are you speaking to? God. Who are you not speaking to? Yeah. Guess who you want to be talking to in this time of fasting and prayer? God. You want to be talking to God. So when you speak in a tongue, you're not speaking to men. You're speaking to God. Listen, for no one understands him. No natural man would know what you're saying because you're not talking to them. You're not talking to them. Who are you talking to? God knows though. Notice this. However, in the spirit, what does he speak? Tell me out loud. So this is hidden truths. Hidden revelation. Hidden what? Hidden to your natural man. There are things God has planned for your life. Your natural man will never know them. He doesn't reveal them to your natural man. He reveals them to your spirit man. He reveals them. How does he reveal stuff to you? To your spirit man through what? The Holy Spirit. When I am praying in tongues, speaking in tongues, literally as we're about to see in a minute further down in this chapter, what am I doing? I'm talking to God. Who's talking to God? Your spirit man is, not your brain, not your mind. Now, listen, you can get into a habit of a certain phrase in praying in tongues that you just pray out of your brain, and if you're praying out of your brain, you're not talking to God. You listening? I just use a stupid little phrase like motorboat, 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 motorboat. You're not talking to God. That's just coming out of your brain. God's not limited to one word. I said, God's not limited to one word. You listening? Well, why do I need to be talking to God? Because you need to hear from him. And when you start talking to God, guess what happens? You ready? You ready? You get on God's channel. You get off of your human channel. And you tune into God's spiritual channel. Because it's your spirit man that's talking to God. What are you revealing, he said there? 
mysteries, meaning what? Hidden truths, hidden to your natural man, hidden to your brain, which are what? God's plans, God's purposes, what he has for your life. They're hidden to your natural man. Think about this. If you do not understand these simple truths of what 1 Corinthians 14 talks about relating to the use of the gift of the Spirit of, of, of being able as an individual to pray in tongues and speak in tongues, guess what most Christians who never receive this uh, free gift that God offers on the day of Pentecost, guess what most Christians will never top, tap into? The hidden truths God has for them. Why? He don't reveal them to your brain. He reveals them to your spirit man. How do you release them? By praying in the Holy Spirit. Well, I just don't believe that. Read the verse. Right. Read it again. It doesn't say who speaks with natural language because if you did, then others would understand you. Right. How many want all that God has for you? Right. Why would you not want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit speaking with tongues? Well, I've never done it and I've got along without it pretty good to this point. Why would I need it? If you want to walk in the fullness of what God has for you, guess what? Why would you not want it? Because guess what you can't reveal with your natural brain? Hidden mysteries and truths. Where do they come from? Out of the Spirit. They come out of the Spirit. How do you, get, uh, how do you become aware or be made known of them? By you talking to God in the Spirit. Come on, somebody. Because what you're doing is you're engaging your spirit and you're engaging God's spirit. You still with me? Drop down with me, please. Same chapter. Drop down to verse 14. If I pray in a tongue... Who prays? Come on, tell me out loud. Think about how many people do not have, have not yielded to, been baptized in the Holy Spirit, who do not pray in the Holy Ghost, who do not pray in the supernatural prayer language or have the ability to speak in that language. Guess what they're missing out on? They're missing out on the ability to develop their spirit man. They're missing out on the ability to truly mature their spirit man in a way that only can happen through what? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Because when I pray in a tongue, this is referring to heavenly language. Who's praying again? My soul, my soul, no, my spirit prays. But again, how do we know it's a heavenly language? Because my understanding is what? It's unfruitful. My mind doesn't pick it up because it ain't coming from there. It's coming right out of my spirit, man. It would be so easy if we could, I've asked God, I would love to illustrate this sometime, but I know based on spiritual laws and stuff, probably couldn't do it. I'd love to be able to step out in front of my congregation. Could you imagine this? I would love to be able to step out of my body in front of every one of you. Yes. Just step out of my body because if it did, my body would fall to the ground and then start talking in heavenly languages. Say, how could you not understand that it's not that guy talking, that it's me, the spirit man talking? Amen. But you can do that still inside that body. If you'll yield to the Holy Spirit, you got that same ability. There's no certain special people that God gives this to. That, as, as, Paul, as, a, as Jesus said, the promise is to all. All who call upon him. What do you mean call upon him? For salvation. If you've called upon him for salvation, guess what you can receive? Promise of the Father. Which wasn't salvation, it was to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. With the evidence of what? Speaking in a heavenly language. Watch again, verse 14. If I pray in a tongue... Uh, my spirit prays, my understanding is unfruitful. 15, what's the conclusion then? As he's correcting the Corinthian church on some misuse of these gifts. Notice, I will pray with what? The spirit. In the church, what will we do? We will have times that we pray in the spirit. Because we don't know everything to pray for as we should. We will pray in the spirit and I will also pray with what? Understand. We will also pray with natural words of understanding based on the word of God. I will sing with the... Uh, Spirit, and I will also sing with what? 
understanding. 16, otherwise if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen? Underline this please, at your, underline it, giving of thanks. Excuse me? At your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say. So what he was talking about in this verse is, all you Corinthians who are coming together and trying to talk to one another in the Spirit, you're not accomplishing anything. You're not accomplishing anything. You listening? Matt. See, what good does that do, Matt? Nothing, because his natural understanding can't pick that up. Well, this is what was going on in the Corinthian church. He's saying, why are y'all coming together talking to one another in tongues, like trying to look at you like, like you're really somebody big and spiritual? Right. And somebody who doesn't yet have yielded to this gift walks in, they're going to think you're a bunch of kooks. But notice what he said that you're doing while you're doing it. What did he say in the bottom part of that verse? Don't miss it. What did he say in the bottom part of that verse that you're doing while you're doing this? You're giving thanks. Read it again. Notice, at your giving of thanks. What were they doing? Praying in the Spirit. What is a part of the work of prayer? Praying from the heart. What's the easiest way to pray from the heart? Pray in the Spirit because when you pray in the Spirit, who's praying? Your spirit, so you're praying from where? The heart. Number two, as you're praying in the spirit, what are you doing? You're telling your brain to shut up, and you're submitting and yielding to God. You're bowing down, you're worshiping God. And three, in the midst of that, guess what you're also doing as you're praying in the spirit? You're giving thanks to God. You're giving thanks to God. And what you're doing is you're tuning into the spiritual channel that's inside you that will let you receive and understand and have things come up to your spirit, man, by way of who? The Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. So how can I do this work of prayer, Pastor, in a way that obviously helps me and benefits me? By praying in the Holy Spirit. 17, for indeed, notice it, watch this. Indeed you did what? Give you give thanks well. How do you give thanks well? Praying in the Spirit. Right. Notice this, you give thanks well, but the other and the natural is not edified. Look at verse 18. What did Paul say? I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. You know how much incredible revelation Paul walked in? You want to know why? It's not exclusive because he was Paul. If, 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 if God only gave all these great revelations to Paul, then God's a respecter of persons if it was only designed for Paul to get it. But God's not a respecter of person. You want to know why he saw such incredible insight and revelation to the things of God? I'm going to tell you why. Because he spoke in tongues all the time. I speak in tongues more than you all. What are you doing when you speak in tongues? You're doing the work of prayer. Because you're praying out of your spirit. You listening? You are yielding to the Holy Spirit, bowing down to God. And you're giving thanks to God as you're revealing divine mysteries for what he has for your life. And as you tune into this Holy Spirit channel, praying in the Spirit, things can come up out of your spirit, man. That don't usually happen in the first five to ten minutes. So we have prayer on Monday nights. We pray pretty much for about an hour, most of the time in the Spirit. If you can't come and pray with a whole group of believers for one hour in the Spirit, you're going to really struggle doing this on your own unless you really start disciplining yourself and developing in it. Remember what Jesus told his disciples when he took them into the Garden of Gethsemane? Couldn't you pray for me one hour? All I asked is one hour. One hour with me. One hour to fellowship with God. One hour to pray and intercede for me because of what I'm about to face. And you couldn't do it? Just let your flesh rule you and fall asleep? 
You know what God's saying today to Christians? You couldn't pray for me, couldn't pray with me for one hour. You couldn't just come and fellowship with me for one hour. You didn't want to even just spend an hour in my presence? Let me tell you, who doesn't want to spend an hour in God's presence? Your flesh doesn't. This is why you fast and pray, because guess who you're not supposed to let rule you? Your flesh. This is why it's called the work of prayer. Because you're going to do spiritual work. You're going to do spiritual work. And when you do spiritual work, guess what? You get results. Just like if you do natural work. You go to the gym and you do natural work in the gym, guess what happens? You get results. You go to the spiritual gym. Come on, somebody. When you go to the spiritual gym and you pray in the Holy Ghost, the Bible says you are building yourself up on your most holy faith. And that's why God's dealing with so many Christians in your little brain to say, well, I don't know about this stuff. I just don't. I'll tell you why. Because the devil don't want you built up. He don't want you to know what God has for your life, which he's only going to reveal to your spirit man. And how am I going to do that? Tune into his channel. Tune into his channel. So how can I do the work of prayer while I'm fasting? Pray in the Holy Spirit. Go to Acts 15, closing this morning. Acts chapter 15, you still with me? How exciting that God gave us a direct key, a direct channel, a direct avenue to be able to tap into what God wants to reveal to our life. How incredible is that? And relating to what we again hear from God, what it's going to do is it's going to come up within your spirit. And if it's of God, it's not going to go against the word and it's going to seem good to your spirit. This is what you got to learn. It's not an audible voice. It's not an audible speaking from God. It's a bearing witness. It's It's a knowing. It's a something of a knowing that comes up inside you of something you weren't thinking about. Are you listening? And when you take the time to now meditate on that and put it before God, is this you? First thing you do is you recognize, is it contrary to the word in any way? Because right. if it's contrary to the word, you can just immediately kick it to the curb. Right. But if it's not, then I keep asking God, you might have something God's trying to help you understand or to see about your life in relationship to stuff you're supposed to do. It doesn't tell you here what job to take. It doesn't tell you here what business to start. Those are things you got to pray about. Now, certainly it's never going to be against what God's word says. But you got to have that come up in your spirit as to what God wants you to do. You know why? You know why? You know why you should be wanting to know that I'm working with my hands where God wants me? You know why? God anointed you to do it. God anointed you to do it. What if I'm working somewhere that... You, listen, I have a lot of abilities in my life of things I could do, but that doesn't mean God wants me doing them. What did God anoint you to do? What did he really gift you and enable you that he wants you to do? Not just natural abilities. I'm talking about where the Spirit of God reveals, this is what I have for you. This is what I want you to do. Can I get a better amen? So watch this. Acts chapter 15. You still with me? We'll see an example here of how this worked in the New Testament. Again, relating to something that the disciples, the apostles, needed an answer on. Paul and Barnabas had been preaching the gospel in Antioch. While there, some other Jews came and they said, listen, okay, we understand salvation is of Jesus. We know faith in Jesus. We don't discount, we don't discount that. We don't disregard that. But these Jews were coming while they were still teaching and preaching in Antioch and saying, you're not truly saved unless you're circumcised. So they're still throwing in a part of the Old Testament practice of saying, you got to be circumcised to be saved. 
or you're not really saved. So guess what happened in the midst of all that going on in Antioch? There became a great, a great debate between them and the Jews that are trying to convince people they still got to be circumcised. Paul and Barnabas saying, no, you don't, man. You put faith in Jesus saying, no, you still got Okay, we're not against putting faith in Jesus, but you got to add circumcision. And Paul and Barnabas saying, no, that was under the Old Testament. We're under the New Testament. We're now circumcised of the heart. So this argument ensued. So guess what Paul and Barnabas did? The smart thing. They went back to the apostles in Jerusalem. They said, let's go back and take this before them. And let's, as a, as a uh, leadership, let's seek God and find out exactly what God says about this. Amen. And so as they did, God gives them a direction. God gives them an answer. Look at verse 22 of Acts 15. If you're there, say amen. amen. It pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch, back to Antioch, with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also named Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brethren. I wished I had time to show you this. Notice it again, verse 22. It pleased the apostles. What do you mean pleased? It was confirmed in their spirit. They were praying about this. It was confirmed in their spirit to not just send Paul and Barnabas back, but to do what? To send the brothers with them, Judas, who was known as Barsabbas, and also who? Who else? Silas. Do you know why? Why Silas? You know what God already knows before they ever get back to Antioch? You know what God already knows? Barnabas is going to turn on Saul. Barnabas is going to turn against Paul. He's going to turn against Paul. And he's going to take John Mark and he's going to go a different route that I have not chosen for him to go. Don't tell me you can't be doing something you think is right for God and be missing God. Barnabas missed God. Paul did not. And isn't it interesting that before they ever, not even knowing all this is going to happen, but God does. This is why you need to hear from God. Because now knowing we're going to send them back with a directive that we have from the Holy Spirit, not only are we going to do that, but I'll tell you what, man, it just seems right. It just seems pleasing to our spirit, man, that we need to send these two brothers with them, one of which was Silas. When they got back there and that disruption occurred, Literally before it happened, before that disruption happened, guess what those who went with Paul and Barnabas did? They were going to return to Jerusalem. But guess what Saul did? Saul said, man, it just seems right for me to stay here. And that all started with the disciples knowing he needs to go with them as one of those that needs to go with them. Why did he know to stay there? All I know is the Holy Spirit. He did. God didn't say, hey, guess what? Barnabas is going to bail on Paul here. I need you to stay. He didn't do that. But he thought about it. He started praying every decision about going back to Jerusalem. And guess what the Holy Spirit does with Silas? Nah, I need to stay here. I don't know why. See, you may not know why. I don't know why, but I need to stay here. God knew. God knew from the day he sent him with, the, with Paul and Bar- Bar- Barnabas. Come on, somebody. And guess what? He now knows. I don't know why, but I need to stay here. And Paul and Barnabas get into this total argument of wanting to take John Mark, of which shouldn't have happened, and therefore Barnabas does what? He parts from Paul and goes his own way, and lo and behold, guess who's sitting right there to take his place? Silas. God had it all planned. I said God had it all planned. What if back to this verse in verse 22, the elders hadn't heard from, the, from God to send Silas? This would have slowed down God's plan. But Paul didn't miss a step. Silas was right there to step in. Think about it. The initial apostles heard God to send him, and then Silas heard God to stay. All because God was preparing what needed to be as a replacement for Barnabas. 
I'm going to tell you right now, folks, if you get disobedient to God and God knows you're not going to obey him, he's already preparing a replacement because he's going to get his work done. I don't want to be replaced. How about you? I said, I don't want to be replaced. I want to do what God's assigned for me to do. How about you? Verse 23. So they wrote this letter to be taken by Paul and Barnabas and the elders. The apostles, as they wrote the letter, the apostles, the elders, and the brethren. To the brethren who are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, coming from them from Jerusalem. Greetings. Since we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words unsettling to your souls, saying, you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. 25, underline it. It seemed good to us. It what? Seemed good to us. So they took time to think and pray about this and meditate on it. And lo and behold, this is what came up in their spirit. It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, which we just talked about and mentioned. Men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we have therefore sent Judas and Silas who will also report the same things by the word of mouth. Now little did they know the reason that seemed good to them again is because Silas is going to wind up being there to replace Barnabas. Notice the next statement, verse 28. Here's another Holy Spirit witness. Watch. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It seemed good to what? The Holy Spirit and to us. So we talked to God about this. What about this circumcision thing? We don't necessarily believe it's right or agree. How do we address it, Lord? What do we do? So instead of just spouting off at the mouth and saying what you want to say, how about you find out what God wants you to say? That's what they did. They didn't just argue and holler and scream back and say, you bunch of idiots, you don't have to be circumcised. No, they took time to hear from God and they then crafted this letter and sent it back to those in Antioch and the surrounding areas so they would know they heard from God. 28, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. So this is how you get from God what God wants you to know. Did he speak to them directly? No, it seemed good to them. What seemed good to them, I will promise you, they wrote down and meditated on. And as they did, they had a peace about it. Then they knew, not only does it seem good to my spirit, guess what I have a witness of? The Holy Spirit. So I know I believe this is from God. Did you hear what I just said? After they had what came up in their spirit and wrote it down, what did they do? They took time to meditate on that. Who gave them confirmation they had the right words? The Holy Spirit. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to our spirit. You still with me? Notice this. To lay upon you, verse 28, no greater burden than these necessary things. 29, that you should abstain from things offered to idols. From blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. So this was a letter from God. This was God revealing to their spirit what he wanted to say. They then wrote it down. They took time to meditate on it. And they got what? Confirmation. The witness. Confirmation from the Holy Spirit. This is exactly what I gave you to say. Send it. Send it to them. And they did. And it totally ended all the frustration, all the division, all the strife that was going on over this issue over circumcision. Why? Because the word wasn't from the apostles. I said the word wasn't from the apostles. What did they know? This came from God. This came from God. God says we don't have to be circumcised. You listening? Doesn't matter what Paul would say, which he didn't say you should. Doesn't matter what these other Jews say that came from. Doesn't matter. We've now heard from God. And we know God says this is all we need to do. Come on, somebody. 
So this is how you learn to be able to get from God what God wants you to know and to have. One, I got to know the plan of God if I want to prepare for the new year. How can I prepare for a new year not knowing the plan of God? But two, to get that plan of God, how I hear from him is to do what? Well, one of the easiest ways to do that, fasting and prayer or ministering to the Lord or doing the work of prayer. How do I do the work of prayer? It comes from the heart. What's the easiest way to do that? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Who's praying when you're praying in the Holy Spirit? Your spirit is. Who's giving the utterance according to Acts 2.4? Holy Spirit is. He's revealing things. He's speaking things through you and to you. He's speaking things through you to God. And therefore, when he says, when you speak in the Spirit, you're speaking to God. All he's saying is, guess what you're doing? You're having fellowship with the Father. You're having, well, why would I need to talk to God about my plans? That's not what he's saying. He's saying you're fellowshipping with the Father. When you get off in your spirit and start speaking in tongues, guess what you're doing? You're not fellowshipping with man. You're fellowshipping with God. Keep doing it. Press in and keep doing it. And guess what will happen? All of a sudden, you get to the place where your mind gets quiet. And guess what will come up in your spirit? Something God wants you to hear. Something God wants you to know. You got to be prepared to submit to it. Because you know what it may happen? You know, it may come up. It may not be, oh, hey, got this great thing ahead for you. This is what I want you to do. You know what, I mean? you know what he might say? There's some bad coming your way if you don't do the following. You listening? If you don't listen to what I'm telling you, you don't correct this or what you're doing. You already know you're not doing right. You already know you got something going on here that's going to hurt your life. If you don't correct this, son, daughter, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now that if you don't, things aren't going to get better. Things are going to get worse. That's as much God revealing his plans to you has showed you something you didn't know to do. Could I get a better amen? Amen. It's not just about knowing what not to do. Uh, what, excuse me, not just know, not knowing of what I should do. It's also knowing what I shouldn't do. When you go in that time of prayer to hear from God, that's why you go with an open slate. I've learned this from my pastor. Now, I know there'll be those that tell you, hey, get quiet for a period of time. Well, it doesn't hurt. Certainly doesn't hurt. But when you're praying the Spirit, guess what you're doing? You're, you're talking back and forth with God. And you're tuning into your spirit, man. But I will encourage you, you need to continue to do that till you get your mind quiet. You listening? Because the problem with most people when they get quiet sitting around not praying, you know what happens, don't you? Same thing happened to Peter and all those in the garden. You fall asleep. Your flesh takes over and you fall asleep. But if you keep your spirit engaged, I said if you keep your spirit engaged, guess what your flesh can't do? Fall asleep. Why? Because I'm having to speak to my flesh. Can I get a better amen? So realize this is how you and I get God's plan. We got to get it, but how do we get it? This is how you hear from him. So when we say, oh, I heard this from the Lord, or God told me this, or God, we're not talking about an audible voice. We're talking about how he from our spirits bore witness with something in our inner man by the Holy Spirit, which then came up to us that we weren't even thinking about. Now, here's one other thing you can do in closing this morning. What if I've got something I'm already pursuing and I don't know if it's God or not? Okay, go into that time of prayer, pray in the Spirit, and then start thinking about it. Start putting your thoughts on that and say, God, I'm already doing this. Is this still what you want me to do? Is this, was this just my plan or is this yours? And then look for that inward witness and find out, do I have a, a, a agitation or do I have a peace about it? Because it's one of the ways you can find out you might be doing some things that God doesn't have to speak to you directly and say, stop doing it. You just start thinking about what you're already doing. And as you do, guess what? If you really tune into God, you'll either have a peace, yep, keep doing that, or you'll have what? An agitation. Nope. Never told you to do this. Walk away. Let go. Time to move on. Quit making excuses.
A lot of people sometimes in relationship to things they know they should do, know to do stuff, but you know what they do? They keep making excuses. I don't have enough time. I don't have this. I don't have that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What don't you have? Tell me again what you don't have. You're going to go through all this list of what you don't have? Can I tell you something? Let me help you. You got God. You got everything you need. I said, you got God. You got everything you need. If you would tap into him and hear from him, you would deal with all the I don'ts have. And you start finding out, I got everything I need in God. And to keep making excuses of what I say I don't have, don't have time, don't have this. No, you're just not making it a priority. Because the truth is, people say I don't have time to pray. Well, they certainly got time to watch TV, surf uh, YouTube, surf Facebook, uh, you know, talk to other people, listen to other shows, whatever, name it. I mean, when people tell me they don't have enough time to pray, I would love to be able to do this with every person that tells me that. Wished I could. Wished I could. I wish somehow I could secretly in the background be in their life for the following week. And I could record and video them and everything they do. Because at the end of the week, I'd come back and say, come here, we're going to go to church now. We're going to put you up on the screen. And we're going to show, we're going to show everybody you don't have time to pray. And we're going to show all the other things you had time to do. I wouldn't do that in front of the church. I'm just joking. Are you listening? Yes. But I can sit you down and show you a video. Said, I thought you said you didn't have time to pray. Well, I don't. Wow. You had time to go here. You had time to go there. You had time to listen to this. You had time to watch that. You had time to talk to them about something that wasn't even spiritual. It ain't going to help your life. You had time to talk. Right? I said, right? Don't quit saying, quit saying, I don't have this. Let me help. You got God. I said, you got God. You got everything you need. Tap into him. Now, again, in this time of fasting and prayer, fasting and ministering to the Lord, it's not going to do you any good if you don't eat the meals and don't take time to do what? Do the work of prayer. If you're not going to take the time to press in and do the work of prayer, you're wasting your time fasting. I would encourage you, if you're not going to actually take the time to really have some time, to quality time, to pray with God. Now, I'll guarantee you, some of you are not going to like this, but I will promise you this. If you really want to press in on these three days, you should try to come up with a minimum in three days. You ready? Three hours of prayer. Minimum. Minimum. Hour at a time. Because I will promise you, it'll take, most of you, some of this, some of this will take longer. But it'll take the average Christian minimum. Minimum. 10, 15, 20 minutes just pressing in to try to get their flesh to shut up. And most Christians, about the time that they get wore out praying for 15, 20 minutes and their flesh is dealt with, they quit praying. You ever heard the story about the runner? How many ever ran like marathons or long distance in school? Have you ever read, how many ever heard of hitting the wall? Right? And I mean, physically, you just feel like you can't go on, man. Just can't go on. Right? I experienced it one time in, 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 uh, when I had uh, PE in school. And gen- you know, I hated to run. I hated, especially long distances. I did everything I could to avoid it, except when they made you do it. So one day we're out there running, and man, they pushed us. Our coach, man, had us run out many miles that day or whatever. And I just wanted to quit. But I always hear these people say, if you would just not stop. If you just use your willpower, press through that, and just keep going, you'd be amazed. You break through that wall, you'll have energy you didn't know you had. Right. Now, I understand, again, maybe Ananya can help us with this. I don't know what it is, but boy, you break through that wall, and it's all of a sudden like you thought you couldn't go another step, and it's now like I can run another 15 miles. You kidding me? I mean, there's just a, there's just a resurgence of strength that comes to you. Let me help you. That's true in the spiritual. I said that's true in the spiritual. You'll get to the place praying in the spiritual, you feel like you can't go on. You just got to quit. It's just boring. Nothing's being accomplished. But if you keep pressing in, 
Thank you for all your amends about this. So you keep pressing in. Guess what? You're going you're gonna to get beyond that natural boundary. When you get beyond that natural boundary and start hearing from God, you're going to be so glad. You're going to be so glad you took the time to press in. Can I get a better amen? Don't blame God that you can't walk in his plan. He's got it available and he wants to make it known to you. But he's going to communicate it to your spirit, man. Not your brain, not your soul. Quit looking for a word. Well, I'm just looking for a word from God. Somebody give me a word from God. Just waiting for God. Let me help you. Number one, in truth, nothing wrong with getting a word from God. But most of the time it should just confirm what you already know God revealed to you. New Testament prophets should not be directing you in a new way that you didn't know to live. God doesn't use New Testament prophets to give you direction for your life or something you didn't know. If you're going by that, you're probably going to be misled easily. Number one. Number two, God wants you to hear for yourself from God. And if you're going to try to rely on a prophet all the time to confirm what your heart's true or not, let me help you. You're going to have times that you can't get to a prophet. And many times, even if you can't get to that prophet, you know what people then do? They start looking for false prophets. They don't know they're false. They just look for anybody to give them a word. And then they start hearing from false prophets. We don't follow prophecy. No, no New Testament verse says, hey, God leads us through the prophetic ministry under the New Testament. No, he doesn't. He leads us by the inward witness. Aren't you glad we can all hear for God ourselves? Could I get a better amen? Stand to your feet today. We pray that you are blessed by the message Pastor Baker shared with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to invite Pastor Baker as a guest speaker, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.